0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Sarah Hawley about creating a dynamic culture through providing your team more freedom. Sarah Hawley, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, John. Great to be here.
0: It is a pleasure to be with you. I'm super excited to have a conversation with you today as we talk about the role of freedom within organizations and how we might go about creating a more dynamic culture through providing our teams more freedom, more autonomy, uh, more empowerment, more ability for them to kind of dictate the terms of their own work. Uh, we're going to unpack that together. You're joining us from Texas. I'm here south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And uh, it's just a pleasure to be with you. As we get started, I wanted to share Sarah's bio with everybody. Sarah Holly is a serial entrepreneur and investor, having founded eight companies since 2009. Following three successful multi million dollar exits, she's currently the founder and CEO of GrowMotely.com, the first global platform for sourcing, growing, and leading remote teams. She's personally fueled by a passion for challenging the status quo of how we work, conscious culture and leadership, community, diversity, and equality, and living life on one's own terms. Sarah is a professional speaker and published author, appearing on TV and writing for many popular publications. She has also held board positions with several not-for-profit organizations, including Project Gen Z, Project Futures, Entrepreneurs Organization, and the Association of Financial Advisors and the Institute for Global Women Leaders. And I could go on and on and on. Uh, What a tremendous background and um, a set of accomplishments that you have. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or context before we dive on in further to the conversation?
1: No, I think, I think you did a good job and it's interesting listening to you read my bio. I'm like, oh, not surprised that we are talking about this particular topic because uh, I really do uh, have such an affinity for like understanding myself and knowing myself and coming back to personal empowerment. It's just, yeah, it's no wonder that I am <laughs> looking at this in the organizational context and can really empower and, and help our teams as individuals, but also help the team and the company and the culture. So funny yeah. to reflect on things while we're, while I listen.
0: Yeah. And, and in the pre-interview, as we were just chatting and getting to know each other a little bit, it was fun just discussing really both of our experiences with kind of the traditional setup of corporate structures and systems and policies and practices Uh, both in organizations, but in society as a whole. And really this this observation that we both had, that we just seem to continue to layer more and more and more on to the way we work and the way we function. Um, I've seen this as well, uh, just as you you had expressed. And uh, maybe we can start there and describe uh, for us a little bit about your experience in that kind of a setting Uh, And what that does to people and teams in terms of productivity and innovation, when you're in an organization that tends to kind of constrict more and more and more with more layers of bureaucracy or policies, procedures, uh, all those things that are put in place for a reason. They're trying to protect people. They're trying to um, comply with the law. They're trying to uh, make sure there's um, consistency across the organization. So there there are certainly reasons to have those things but what happens when we when the pendulum swings too far and we get too much of that stuff going on within organizations in your experience
1: i mean i'm someone who's always just hated like rules and authority and i want to break the rules <laughs> and one of the things that i remember happening to me early on in my career was being like tasked with something and given responsibility so to speak to get this thing done and then having someone just on me the whole time about how I was getting it done and how was it progressing and when would I get it done and the way that I was doing it was never good enough and not fast enough or not on the right timeline that they maybe wanted and I guess that's essentially micromanagement um, but it's another form of just controlling and structures and processes and the other thing that I witnessed and something that I did as well um, in my early leadership days was like when when one person or one thing would happen in the company, a new blanket policy would come in for everybody now has to adhere to this blanket policy. Cause this one thing happened. Um, and the feeling like the feeling that it would just create culturally was just this like separation and from us and the leadership or whatever. And this feeling of not really being seen or trusted or understood. And for myself, Any of those kinds of experiences, whether it's micromanagement, whether it's a whole bunch of rules that I need to follow, policies, things being thrown at me left, right and center of how I have to do things because, you know, coming from a place really of fear and constriction and, you know, trying to protect people or whatever the guys might be, the feeling that happened for me was just disconnection, um, unworthiness, resentment, definitely like a lack of engagement and just a general feeling of not being seen not being valued not being understood and not not being able to just be me within the organization I guess because I'm basically being told from all angles that how I am innately is not enough it you have to be a certain way and uh, you know I'm, I'm really grateful on my journey as a leader that I was brave enough to start experimenting with more freedom and and really have been benefiting from that over time. But God, it's taking me back a few years now to just think about how it used to feel. And it was horrible.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately, I can relate to everything you just said. <laughs> and I imagine most, <laughs> most listeners can relate uh, either in the current organization they may find themselves in or in previous organizations. And it really is incredibly frustrating and disheartening. And I, I will also say I'll couch this as charitably as I know how, and as and with as much um, kind of graciousness and and generosity to the the leaders of these organizations that keep piling on. I think they do it with good intentions. I think they do Probably. it because they they you know they want to do right by their people because they want the organization to be successful and so forth. But you're absolutely right. The number of times that I've seen some school somewhere in the organization doing something stupid. And then all of a sudden, a new blanket policy comes out that restricts everybody across the organization in ways that seem insane. Um, the number of times I've seen that is, is, is crazy. And, yeah. and so I guess the question then becomes, how do we, how do we deal with the stupid, like the, 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 that really dumb employee that does something that most people would never do? Um, how do we deal with that? while not piling on the layers of bureaucracy, policies, approvals, all those sorts of things um, in an attempt to make sure that, you know, of course we don't want harassment or bullying behaviors. We don't want unethical behaviors. We don't want any of that stuff within our organization, but just piling on the layers isn't necessarily the way to achieve that.
1: Totally. Yeah, the way that I deal with it is transparently and openly. Um, So bringing what happened to the surface um or what the situation is or whatever the dynamic and talking really openly and i mean in some cases it's appropriate to have a one-on-one conversation you know first and move through whatever's going on looking at it like opening up a space where everybody can look at it from different sides and different angles and have a deeper understanding of how everybody is experiencing whatever might have happened. Um, and then With permission. And I mean, we do have a very transparent culture. So that that permission is kind of constantly being opted into, um, but talking about it openly in the organization. Um, So, I mean, I can give an example. We had a situation recently where someone came into a meeting and blew off a bit of steam, but directed it at someone. And I realized in the moment, like, oh, this person actually has a pattern where they come into meetings, blow off a bit of steam, then later apologize. And it's kind of something that we I've seen over and over. And so I I had a meeting with them or a chat, I had a catch up with them. And I just said, you know, can I offer an observation? Are you open to that? Because I what happened in that meeting, you know it was it didn't go well. And it didn't go well for the person that you directed that at. And that's why we're chatting. And they were like, Yeah, I'm open to the observation. And I said, I've noticed it happen over and over again where you come in, you blow off steam, usually not directed at a person, just kind of, and then you apologize. So obviously you don't, you know, you feel a little bit bad, you feel a little bit guilty for for doing that. And they were like, Yeah, I don't, I don't like that I do that. And I'm like, Cool, well, you know, there's an opportunity to just change that behavior and see how it affects everyone. And so something that we do in all of our meetings is when we first come into the meeting, we take three breaths together. And then we do like a one word opener of how everyone's feeling. And so we were able to talk about that again. And I said, one of the reasons we do that is to acknowledge that we're all coming in from different energies and in our company, different time zones, different times of the day. So someone could be coming in like celebrating. They just had a really big win. Somebody else could be really in the middle of a big problem, really stressed and overwhelmed. And we take those deep breaths and we have those one word openers in order to kind of drop into energetic resonance together and remember that we're all coming from different places. And so we were able to talk through like, oh, that's why we do that thing. Remember. And the person was like, yeah, you're right. And so we just had a beautiful conversation about it and brought some awareness to the pattern and then that person was able to like share that experience and story with the rest of the team. So you know, I think it's um that's how I like to handle things is let's talk about it. Let's talk about what happens from all sides and how people experience it and then let's share it with everybody so that we can learn from it. But you know, somebody myself 10 years ago might have I don't know, fired the person or, you know, laid down some law that like, that's not acceptable. And we now have a policy that I don't know, something else is going to happen or who knows how I would have handled it. But that's really the way that I handle it in my organization is, well, let's, let's sit down and talk about this. Let's understand what's going on for you. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to share, they did share that sort of thing. And that's, that's their journey, but they shared where that had come from and why largely coming from corporate America, to be honest, like that was how people talk to each other and deal with each other in other organizations. So we had an opportunity to talk about as well, that that's not the culture that we want to create here together. And the only way to not create it is to not do it, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah. There's so much of what you just shared in that example that I really love. Um, And I'll note that in order to do what you just described, it requires some skill in terms of having difficult conversations and facilitating those, and having emotional intelligence uh, and just the ability to recognize those types of things, the the the, uh, the courage to address them as they arise. Um, so we need a certain level of you know competencies and capabilities in the leadership in our organizations you know, for those who are running their teams in order for us to take that kind of an approach. And then we take more of a developmental approach, a coaching, a mentoring approach with our people. So when we see those types of things arise, instead of immediately going towards punishment or dismissal or, you know, whatever, like it's, it, it's a catalyst for a broader conversation that then can um, open up a, a, a broader dialogue for the team so that we can create common norms and values uh, and, and really have that culture that safe, psychologically safe and dynamic culture emerge that we want to have emerge. I think one of the reasons why so many organizations don't allow for that is because they don't have particularly good people in those types of leadership roles. Uh, So many times we promote people into leadership roles solely on their technical expertise, not recognizing that leadership actually takes a different skill set. So You know, I might be great at operations or marketing or coding or whatever, you know, the, the, the area. Um, And just because I'm great at that doesn't mean I'm going to be able to uh, successfully manage a team. And so then organizations start to add on all these layers. Well, if if I, if I have all this inconsistency across the team in terms of the people who are leading these teams and they, they don't really know what they're doing. Okay. So we're basically going to, to be like the controlling parent that just has a huge long list of rules. And then the whole job of the leader becomes check box, right? Like checking off, did I do all these things that central administration or the or the the C-suite told me I need to do, rather than actually thinking for themselves, being proactive, strategic, and, and developing those types of meaningful relationships with their people so they can actually deal with it in a more healthy way. I think that's why it ends up happening. Um, and so, so then the question becomes, well, what can we do, especially if, if I'm in a large organization where we have this kind of compliance-based conformity culture where it's it's more fear-based and we recognize that's not particularly healthy or, or useful to us, but we're worried about what will happen if we just like let everyone loose. So how do I go from kind of that super structured organization to something that does allow for more freedom, you know, as you go down the levels of the hierarchy to various levels of leadership and then how they run their team. Any mm-hmm. thoughts on that? and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if anyone's been on their own personal growth journey, I think you were- we'll be familiar with the idea that sometimes it gets a little messier before it gets better. <laughs> sometimes we need to work walk, walk through and work through a little bit of muck before we kind of come out to a place where we're more stable and consistent or what have you with whatever that issue or trigger might be for us. I think it's thinking of that at an organisational level. What, while you were speaking, I was thinking it's like, is it the chicken or the egg? Because basically until we allow people to have freedom to get to know themselves, to sit with themselves, to take responsibility, to have the space to explore that, they can't do it. And the more that we give them rules, structures, policies, and procedures, there is no space for them to explore who they really are and how they would want to show up. Um, then they become reliant
0: minds. on those structures, right? Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a self-perpetuating thing. Now, I think there's there's two questions kind of in there. Like if you are someone in a large organization that doesn't have the power to say okay we're going to evolve the culture i mean there are there um, there's infinite choices always but it might be to to move out of that organization like if it really feels out of alignment it might be to move out if actually it feels like your work is to stay in the organization and start to be the change that this organization can possibly be i think that's really what I just said it's about being the change so rather than lamenting that and complaining that at, at a higher level they're not helping us become better like you still have sovereign power to be a better leader within your team and and leadership I will remind people is not actually a title and being above people the front like the lowest level employee could be lowest level in in typical I don't even like using that term but in the typical sense could be a leader. Like a leadership is earned because people, there's there's fear-based management where, okay, that person's the boss. You have to because the rules say it. And then there's leadership. And I think true leadership is when people look to you and say, wow, that person resonates with me. They inspire me and I feel proud of who they are. And it makes me want to be more like them. It makes me want to listen to them. It makes me want to engage with them anyone can do that in any area of their life, any day of the week. And so we can start to do that. And the way that we do that is through looking inward. Like, who am I? How do I evolve? And trusting that the work that we do ourselves does have a ripple effect to the people around us. And that is, it's a leap, you know, because we live in a world where everything is externalized, especially in the cultures of these organizations. The, the, the defining factor of these kinds of, of the culture of these kinds of organisations is it's everybody else's fault, blaming everybody else. Everybody is walking around the entire organisation blaming everyone else. People at the top are blaming the incompetent employees. The incompetent employees are blaming the leadership and, or the management, I should say. And, and that's just like a self-perpetuating thing as well. So we have to start to be the person that doesn't blame anybody else and looks at ourselves. And then, as I say, we decide whether we can stay or whether it's time to navigate away from that organisation. If, in fact, we are the leaders, the founders, the owners, and we get to actually really, truly make a decision and start to shape the future of the organisation... That's very exciting, you know, entrepreneurs or or people in senior leadership at at companies, we get to make that decision. And I think going into it knowing it is gonna be messy. And some people might leave because some people may not be able to evolve with us. And I am going to have to evolve as the leader because I can't just once again externalize and say everybody else needs to develop all this emotional intelligence. Like, I, I hate to say that if you are the leader of an organization that has this shitty culture, you created it.
0: <laughs> that's right,
1: <laughs> Or, that's or probably, at least
0: you perpetuated it. Exactly. Right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. a
1: group effort,
0: yeah. but
1: you've allowed it, you've enabled it, and you've probably charged it to some degree or another. And so once again, it comes with doing inner work, looking at ourselves showing up differently every day and knowing that it will be a journey. But investing in that journey over the long term and looking at where are we going to be in, in a couple of years from now, if we go on this path of creating a really empowered, trusted, sovereign workforce.
0: I, I really, really like that. And I think I think perhaps it's, it's, it's useful to think of this, you know, it, on the one hand, we have this big macro level view of a big entire organization. And if we have a big complex organization, we do need to think about it from that level. But for anyone who's listening, thinking that sounds great, this is all really great um, kind of pie in the sky, abstract theory, but how do I actually apply it? I would say it, what you just said is not really any different than how I would go about managing my small team. So if I'm, if I'm not in the C-suite, but I'm a leader over, say, a team of six people. Exactly, um, yeah. I'm not going to be micromanaging them, right? If I, if I do, I'm not a good leader. I'm, I'm just a micromanager and I'm going to thwart their creativity and their innovation and their productivity. They're not going to be happy, uh, et cetera, right? I think everyone knows that nobody likes a micromanager. And so then we think, well, how do we empower our people on our team? Uh, it can't happen immediately. You have to develop trust over time. How do you develop that trust? Mutual accountability and, and uh, having regular check-ins and having conversations and performance discussions and and those sorts of things. And then providing the support, giving them a little bit of freedom, seeing what they do with it, and then um, having a conversation and then building the trust so you can give them more leeway, more freedom, more And autonomy. there
1: is a process of allowing people to fail and make mistakes and have to clean up their own messes. Um, because I think that's a really common thing that we see, especially in, well, in smaller businesses, you'll often find the entrepreneur or founder doing that. They're actually keeping a lot of things together. Um, but we also find it in in teams within organizations where the manager or leader of that team is actually kind of ultimately making sure everything gets done and not from the perspective of just leading and guiding, but like they'll jump yeah. in and get it done. And I think, I think that it is really hard, but when somebody does something and it doesn't work out and they have to clean that mess up once there is so much learning there that will never happen again if you clean their mess up you will be cleaning their mess up every single week and that is the the reality because you're not allowing for that growth you're not allowing for that learning and um, you're not you're not the message you're also communicating to that person at some level is you are not worthy you're not good enough so I'll come in and save the day every single time whereas if you, if you say do it and do your best. And then when their best doesn't work out, you sit down and say, what do we learn? How do we make it better? How can I support you? And they feel, wow, I'm worthy. I'm, I'm able to be here. I would also offer as well, like another practical tip. If you are that person who's not the manager or the leader, but you're in the team, you have the power also. And a simple thing could be This would be going back to the old office days where maybe you go to the bar with your colleagues on a Friday night. But however that shows up for you now, maybe you're you're just on a social chat or you're you're chatting on Slack or whatever. When your teammates start complaining about the company, about the leaders, about whoever, you just say, hey, I don't want to talk about that. Like, this is what I love about being here. And that's what I want to focus on. Can we change the conversation? Like, that is so powerful to just show up and say, I'm not going to be doing that anymore because the only way you can create a great place to work is to be that if you continue to complain and moan right. about the place you work you are just creating that place so just just kind of wanted to throw that practical thing in there um for people who might feel like they're powerless you're not
0: yeah yeah and again remember that it's really not and it's the same set of processes and approaches that we might take with a small team, you know, as it would be if we're in an an executive role. So we can create the culture within our small team, even if the corporate culture kind of sucks within our little unit, we have the stewardship there and we have the ability to influence that. If I'm in an executive role, I have an opportunity to influence more of the organization, of course, but it's it's essentially the same elements. and, And we need to start now because like you said, just because a, a sick culture, an unhealthy culture exists, it doesn't mean that necessarily you're the one responsible for it. But if you don't do anything to disrupt it, then it's you're, you're part of the problem. You're perpetuating it and you're helping to sustain it. And so let's start today by acknowledging the problem, um, setting a path forward where we can start to, to create more of a healthy dynamic environment and culture and, and just empower people, give people more freedom, trust them more. Uh, have more conversations with them uh, around coaching and development. And people tend to thrive. Not everyone will. And some people, like you said, will self-select out of that kind of an environment, but most people will appreciate it. They'll be more engaged. They'll be more productive. They'll be more innovative. And that's, what's going to drive a healthy organization.
1: And there really is no downside. I mean, At worst, you evolve as a person and learn how to handle yourself in a really challenging environment. At a level above that, your team starts to really thrive and at least you and your team are having a great time every day. And then what's actually possible? That team, you as a leader and that team could influence the entire organization, which could have a flow on effect to customers and the world around you. Like, you know, there's really no downside. And I guess the absolute downside, the worst that could happen is you get fired or something because for whatever reason, you're just too different. That's actually a positive because then you are free (laughs) to go find a home that is, you know, more deserving of your light. So I don't really think there's any downside of making a decision to want to show up in society, in the culture of our organization, in our relationships as somebody who is a proponent for positive evolution.
0: (laughs) I love it. Well, Sarah, it has been a pleasure. I note the time. I need to let you go here in just a moment. But before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you and find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Well, that was like a super cool discussion. So thank you so much for having me, John. I feel like I can talk about freedom and empowerment um, forever. And I and I will just share that you know I've been on this journey with my team over the last probably since about 2016, I feel like, just really peeling back all of the layers and giving people more and more autonomy, freedom, empowerment to the point now where really we're a bunch of people who come together and work on gromotely and with gromotely and at gromotely, but everybody is very much trusted and empowered to do it in the best way possible for them. And it's very, very enjoyable and expansive and wonderful. So I just did want to share... My own experience, Um, I wrote about it in my book, Conscious Leadership, about my own journey from being a leader who was not very good at leadership and had a lot of policies and procedures to where I'm at now. So if anyone is interested um, in, you know, really my actual journey and and what I've done along the way, grab that book. But yeah, come and visit us at growmotely.com. We would love to welcome you into our ecosystem if this resonates with you. And um, I have a newsletter that I write, Rise which is my thought leadership piece. So feel free to sign up for that and he'll hear from me directly. And I do read and reply to any responses I get. So if, if you feel called um, to anything that I write, then definitely say hi, tell me what you think.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Sarah and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. That You can find meaning and purpose at work each and every week. And I hope you have a great day.